Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Vegas Therapist. I'm your host, Ryan Winder. Remember, what happens in Vegas is not staying in Vegas as I bring you helpful tips for life with the Vegas twist. Let's start the episode. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of The Vegas Therapist. I'm your host, Ryan Winder. Thanks for listening. Um, Sorry it's been a while uh, since I've put out an episode. It's been the summer, lots of things going on, taking trips, hanging out with the family, and just busy with work. So I apologize for the lapse, uh, but we're going to get back on track with some episodes. Um, Remember that you can always email me your questions or topic suggestions at ryanwinder at gmail.com. That's ryanwinder at gmail.com. And also, don't forget to go give us a rating or a review on Apple. I do appreciate those. We've gotten a lot of those lately, and and so I appreciate you taking the time to go and do that. Um, Before we start today's episode, I just want to play us a little music as a way to introduce the episode. So just... Take a listen and see what you think. All right. So with that. Um, I don't think we need to you need to guess, I guess, what today's topic will be. Um, we are going to talk about sex and, in addition to that, sex in our relationships. Now, the words of the song seem simple enough. Let's talk about sex. However, this is surprising. Only a minority of couples actually speak openly and freely about sex, which may seem surprising, but it pretty much holds true, not only for the couple's that I see, um, but also the research backs that up as well. Um, As for the whys and hows of that, why couples don't talk about sex, um, I think there's a number of reasons why that is, but uh, that's probably another episode on its own. But I I just wanna focus on the the improvement of that today, um, improving communication about sex, as well as just improving um, it in general in in our relationships. So, But really, in my experience, couples do struggle to talk about sex, and often uh, what I see is one partner tends to be more disgruntled than the other, or at least um, has a more desire for sex. And when I ask couples um, about their sex life and kind of where it's at, uh, both partners tend to want a better connection uh, when it comes to sex, but the challenge is they rarely put in the effort to get there. So there's something about that next step or putting in the effort that holds them back. Um, and in, you know, really for me, I'm, I'm often taken back uh, how easily couples fall into a complacent state of intimacy uh, in their relationships, whether it be a month, three months, six months, a year, five years without intimacy. Um, I think every time I hear uh, those lengths of time, it kind of, it does, it does take me back. Um, so when we're talking about that type of disconnect, though, where, where there's a lack of intimacy for those types of periods of time, really there's no um, one partner that's um, to, to point the finger at. Um, that's just really complacency on both parts and, and, and a, a couple collectively not making intimacy or sex a priority in their relationship. Now, when it comes to communication about intimacy and improving our sex life, 
I do think there are some challenges that we face um, in, in doing that in spite of the communication. Um, I think one of, the, one of the issues in particular that we face is separating the notion of fantasy from reality. Uh, we do, as I think many of us know, live in a very sexualized world and there's a lot out there in terms of uh, what, we, what we think sex could be, uh, be like in our relationships. Um, but, you know, again, is that reality? Uh, you know, for us or for what we're trying to create. Now, I, I will say this, don't get me wrong, I am, I'm all for trying new things, for spicing it up, for obviously for doing things that will take us out of our comfort zone, but we still do need to be realistic with our spouse in terms of our expectations. Um, you know, because again, when we think about things that people look to as a way of trying to improve their um, the, the sex that in their relationship or try to, like I said before, spice things up. I mean, people look to things in porn, um, movies like 50 shades of gray have come up. Uh, Hollywood in general can be a place that people look to. Um, even just the idea of multiple partners, whether it be threesomes or even exchanging partners, like doing something like swinging. I mean, all those things, um, are things that I think can people maybe think about when they're on this path um, now being in Vegas of course and practicing here um, that has brought me all of these things into my office people being experimental in their sex lives pushing boundaries trying new things creating a lifestyle such as swinging uh, you name it I've seen it um, and you know some of that you know for me coming from a small town and and uh, being a little bit more, I, I don't know if I'd say naive, but just being a little bit more maybe sheltered from some of these things in general, um, it, was, it was a big eye-opening thing for me. Uh, in fact, I remember early on in my practice hearing about a green door. People would throw out the name, the green door, and I would just think in my mind, like, what the heck is this green door that people are talking about? Um, and then later on, when somebody actually kind of, you know, went a little bit further with it, I found out that the green door was not a thing, it was a place. It was actually a club for swingers um, in town to do some mixing and mingling, um, we'll say. So um, that's what the green door was. But again, it's a, it was a place designed for that lifestyle, for people to, who were trying to um, have that type of, uh, you know, lifestyle with their sexual behaviors and things of that nature. So. Um, you know, I guess the for me, uh, you know, I've, I've also in my practice gone through things like the Fifty Shades of Grey phase. When that movie came out, people were jumping on that boat and um, couples thought that maybe that type of sex held the keys to a better sex life um, or whether it was even people who've tried threesomes. Um, whatever, the, whatever it is that we choose to explore, I think the thing that often catches up with people is that even though these things can be exciting in thought and in nature and maybe even just the idea of it. Um, they also can have a downside. And some people, I think, we don't maybe look past that or kind of really think about how we might respond to certain things. Um, you know, like for instance, I don't think, you know, some people can't really handle seeing their partner with another person, as in the case, as is in the case with swinging or a threesome. You know, I've seen that where that again, has blown up on people to where the idea of it and then the effort to try it um, has kind of backfired. And sometimes it's not always immediate. Sometimes it's later on. I've seen couples who 
who tried like doing the swinging thing and then 10 years later um, they are still talking about regrets about it or feelings that that brought up or or maybe even just like feeling maybe forced to do something to try to please their husbands or whatever it may be and so uh, so again we got to be careful about the things that we do and the things that we choose um, as far as you know what what we're looking for um, uh, you know again back to some of the consequences that catch up with people I think other people maybe they're just not cut out for you know uh, being a dominant or submissive type uh, you know that's not really their thing or they're not comfortable in that area um, so again uh, it's something that we have to first, I guess, you know, going back to the communication thing, we have to be able to talk about, uh, to discuss our sex life with one another and find out, you know, what our needs are, what we like, what we don't like. Um, and again, I'm going to get back to that in a little bit, just the specific nature of the communication part. But uh, just to include um, some interesting facts about sex in our relationships or sex and the state of our relationship or well-being of our relationship um, when things are going well so when things go well uh, sex contributes only to 15 percent of the overall satisfaction of, of that relationship but if things are not going well it will contribute to 85 percent of the dissatisfaction so it's kind of a weird statement so 15 percent of the overall satisfaction when things are going well and then 85% of the dissatisfaction when they're not going well. So in a sense, what does that mean? Um, well, from the technical standpoint, it means a good sex life tends to augment or offset other areas of satisfaction so that it just becomes one of many good things happening in the relationship. Um, but I, what I really like to say in more of like simpler terms is that ultimately to me, having a good sex life is really, 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 really important to your relationship. Um, because I think that 15%, the reason why people uh, maybe only attribute it that way is just because, because the sex life is in a good place. Then, like I said, other things are happening. They're connecting more. They're doing the different things. And, and so the idea of sex doesn't really become, it's not in the forefront because it's just, it's, it's in a good place and, and there's no complaints or whatever. So we don't really think about it as being the catalyst for those other things. But I really think it can be the catalyst for other positive things or other positive connections that we have. And so that's why the, the numbers shift quickly when we're, when we're thinking about the, the 85% where, where when things go bad, it's kind of like the thing that people point to. So, um, so again, really, really important to our relationships. Um, and, you know, I think often in relationships that are long term, you know, what tends to happen is that sex begins to have the feeling of a chore or it's an effort. Um, and, and especially when one partner begins to feel this way more than another uh, in the relationship, sex can become a tense subject. Um, it starts to create a disconnect between partners as a result of that, you know, friction or tension that, that exists. Um, and, and when sex doesn't carry with it the same excitement as it, as it once did, um, you know, we may need to find other reasons to help motivate us um, until it becomes something enjoyable again. And so now that may seem like, okay, what, you know, what are some of these other reasons or what, how do we do that? Uh, how do we find other reasons to motivate us to, to help us kind of get us back on track with, with intimacy if we're struggling with it or if we just kind of, again, are looking at it as a chore? Um, so I came up with a few things, um, some reasons to have sex when maybe you're not feeling like it or when it's not, when you're feeling like it's just too much of a chore. 
Now, I will qualify this because, again, of just different things that are happening also in our society. I'm not saying that anyone should feel forced to have sex or anything of that nature, but obviously there's a difference between just kind of not feeling that way or feeling like it's an effort or chore and kind of getting back into a place where um, there's some excitement about it. And so sometimes we, we need to motivate ourselves to try to you know, create, you know, get back into that, that feeling of it. So, um, but the first thing that the first reason I think that we need to be mindful of it is that ultimately sex does rewire us for pleasure. So just in and of itself, um, it, it has that capacity. So every time that we do share a positive experience with our partner, um, our brain begins to associate him or her with pleasure. So again, that's going to be a positive, right? So if we're if we're being more intimate, if we have more positive experiences, um, then that's going to start to shift our brain functioning, and, and we're going to start to see more more uh, positive results with that. Uh, the second thing is that sex does put the P back in partnership. Um, you know, and I think that's just again obvious in the sense that you know we start to feel more connected, we start to feel more like a couple. Um, there's more passion between us um, and, and things of that nature. Um, other benefits that are just kind of simplified, you know, not simplified, but just kind of like basic, or these benefits have also been published in medical journals. So when people think about the research there, uh, medical journals have suggested that um, uh, reasons for sex include weight loss, reduced depression, pain relief, healthier heart, and it also boosts our immune system. So um, just you know, from a physical, mental standpoint, um, there's there's other positive reasons to you know to um, want to be motivated to to be more sexual in our relationships. And finally, there this one um, I was doing some reading in a book called um, "How to Improve Your Marriage" or without talking about it. It's kind of an interesting title, but but anyway, they were talking about sex and relationships, and one of the things that they kind of brought to the forefront was in terms of our commitment to having, um, to being committed to making it a priority was that um, they posed the question that, or posed the thought that um, the reason to have sex is because we actually said so. Um, and, 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 and when we think about, well, maybe you're thinking, okay, when did I say so or whatever, but um, we did at one time commit to our relationship early on. So even though when we got married, um, you may not have, promised or your vows may not included to love honor and have sex frequently um, that may not have how they were written up um, although maybe uh, your husband may have wanted you to include that but that's typically not what they say but you did make a commitment to your relationship in that moment and sex is a part of that and so um, when we think about that sense of commitment um, again we maybe just we don't necessarily include that in there and so I think it's something that we have to be more mindful of that that is a part of our commitment to our relationship and you know a long a while ago I uh, um, was talking to another therapist and we were doing some kind of like case staffing and stuff about some different clients and uh, she shared with me an analogy that she used with couples who where one of the partners was less interested in sex and uh, I always thought this was good. And, and at first I kind of thought, well, she could kind of get away with it with her couples a little bit more so because she was a woman kind of 
giving this analogy to often women clients who are struggling to have more intimacy in their relationships. But I still think it's a good analogy and it's something that to think about. But she used to say like, you know, um, kind of present the idea of like, well, when you got married, um, if you had like say a hobby that you enjoyed, like say your, your spouse or whoever liked to go skiing and um, you know, that was something they really enjoyed but you didn't really like to do that. Um, well, when it came to skiing, you know, that, that's a hobby or something that you can still do even if your partner doesn't like to do it. Um, so, you know, that hobby can kind of continue on and I see that in different things, you know, I have friends and stuff that go mountain biking or running or whatever and they're, it's not like they do that with their spouses there, but they do it with friends or people that, you know, like to do the same thing. So you can kind of have those hobbies and do those things um, in and of your wife's necessary liking of them or your husband's liking of them. Uh, there are things that you can still do. But when it comes to sex, if one partner likes to do it or wants more of it and the other partner doesn't want to, it kind of leaves you stuck. You know, you're kind of in this predicament of like, you know, this space of like, well, how do I enjoy that hobby when my wife or my husband does not enjoy the same thing? And so it kind of can put couples in a predicament where I think sometimes resentment can be begin to grow. And I think that that's sometimes how we you know, start to grow apart is that there's that resentment that starts to build and it, and it is a frustration. And yet on one hand, the other partner who's less desirous may be wanting to, you know, or wanting or expecting a sense of, you know, commitment and fidelity and all these other things. But then on the other hand, they're kind of boxing them into this corner where they aren't able to get those needs met through them and then you know kind of become frustrated in that nature so you know and and the reality is that sometimes that's how infidelity starts you know is, is that one person feels dissatisfied or that need is not being met um, in the way that they would like and so they go and seek it elsewhere so anyway just think about it from that perspective from the commitment that we've made to our relationship and the fact that you know when it comes to that um, thing that we like or that hobby that maybe one of us likes more than the other that you know we kind of are you know there's not really much place to go but with one another in, the, in, in terms of like playing that out so um, something to think about and I think that again it's something that we don't necessarily put into practice as far as um, as far as our just overall sense of commitment we don't think about sex being a part of that commitment so um, all right, so back to talking about sex. Uh, and again, kind of just starting off with the, the research with that. Uh, research does show that couples who can talk more openly about sex, they have more sex. And here's a great point for women out there as well as, I mean, men as, you know, in terms of, of thinking about, you know, having these conversations is, is that not only do you have more sex when you talk about it, but women in these relationships tend to have more orgasms as well. So... A plus for women and then a plus for the men that are that are going to be able to have more of that so really talking about sex does seem like a win-win for couples um, but or however even with that knowledge um, that simply talking about it about sex creates more sex as well as more satisfying sex it is still a difficult thing for people to do which again feels a little crazy making because it's like look there's the evidence it helps it benefits you but yet we still are, again have these walls or these barriers and we don't talk about it now i'm going to get into that this is a part one of a, 
of a two-part episode and I'll kind of explain more of that towards the end but I'll get into more of some of the desire and the things that we can do to kind of you know get over that or what I think is some of the barriers to that in the next part but again there is this kind of barrier that okay we have the on one side you have better and more satisfying sex on the on the other end you have just let's simply talk about it but yet we're not doing that so there's obviously some barriers there that um, that are keeping us from doing that but um, for right now, I just want to talk about or kind of hit on some key points about in, in relation to us just simply talking about sex. So I have four things I want to share with you in relation to when we kind of have these conversations, how to focus that. Uh, the first thing is, is that we just need to make time for it. Um, so I, that's really the, the, the biggest thing is that, okay, whether it's setting a time or a date, and you know, and it's like, look, we're going to have this conversation. We're going to talk about it. Um, but when we're talking about it, and when we have this initial conversation, um, something I also want to commit you to do is to do it outside the bedroom. Don't initially have that conversation, you know, in bed, or especially not during um, during any kind of intimacy. Um, I think stopping things midway is not the time to offer constructive criticism at that point when we're trying to improve on things. Um, I think that we need to need to do that initially outside the bedroom and kind of have just a sit down and talk about, you know, things that are important to us. Um, which brings me to number two, uh, is that when we are talking about uh, sex in our relationships, we want to focus on what you like and what feels good. And, um, you know, two easy points, just what we like, what feels good. Um, this is especially, I think, important for women to do because as much as men you know, act like they got it all figured out and everything's cool and they, they got all this confidence. Research does show that men need, not just want, but they need, um, that they need guidance. Um, so again, you know, guys, we may figure like, you know, we, we may act like we have it all figured out, we know everything, but the reality um, and the research suggests that we do need guidance. Um, and I think part of the reason that men need guidance and they want the guidance is because they do want to bring their partner pleasure um, and they do want to satisfy them. I think that that does bring a sense of satisfaction to men when they, when they know they can have, have their partner be satisfied and bring pleasure to them. So again, focus on what you like, focus on what feels good um, and have those conversations so that we can kind of move towards that in a positive way. All right, so number three, uh, when we're talking about sex, this is the thing that we wanna focus on. Uh, when you're trying out things or when you've decided, hey, we're gonna try some new things or I've shared kind of what I think feels good or what I think would help, um, I think it's important then to, after the fact, have what we call like a sex review um, with your partner. And you know, again, just like a quick overview of what went well, um, and, and really that's, I think where you want to put the focus is, is that what you liked, what went well, um, you know, and, and, and kind of keep that in, in a positive light, but just def definitely doing the sex review, I think is important because again, if we're going to improve and be better, we have to be willing to have that kind of, those kinds of conversations and be open to hearing the feedback and not being so afraid of like, Hey, maybe things didn't go quite as well the first time or whatever, but it's just like, okay, we want to focus on, Hey, this was good. This was better and kind of progress ourselves along. And then obviously the final thing, and this kind of really maybe should have been the first one because the, I think the thing that we need to do more than anything is we have to push through the discomfort of talking about it. Um, and again, 
even though sex is something that we enjoy and it brings us pleasure, uh, talking about it obviously seems to do the opposite because otherwise, if it didn't, we probably wouldn't be having some of these conversations because people would be talking about it more and they'd be okay with it. But I do and I will say, you know, that discomfort will subside um, and it will become something that we look forward to more than anything as we kind of, you know, engage in these conversations and put, put this kind of to the test. You know, I guarantee that we'll be able to um, have not only more, more sex, but more satisfying sex as we are able to kind of push through that discomfort and look to have that enjoyment with one another. So, all right, so that's the communication aspect of things. Um, so that's really just part one of where I wanted to focus on is just kind of, in, you know, getting engaged and beginning to have those conversations. You know, part two of the episode, um, I'll get into that in a sec, but so as far as my my winders wind down for this episode, um, as the lyrics suggest in the song, let's talk about sex um, and let's talk about it with our partners and then watch the improvements begin. So my, my challenge to you initially is just to commit to have more discussions about sex and again, focusing on what feels good um, and what you like. And, and then the next thing is, is just in preparation for part two of, of this podcast, um, I just, you know, I'm open to you emailing me your questions at ryanwinder at gmail.com. Um, and I will include your questions or thoughts or maybe what your challenges are for improving your intimacy and your relationships. Um, obviously, I have some things prepared that I already kind of I want to go to as far as helping us, you know, get there. Um, but I just am, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing some of your thoughts or maybe some of the things that you struggle with or um, could be helped with. So again, email me your thoughts, ryanwinder at gmail.com, and I'll be happy to include those into the episode. And I am the Vegas Therapist. Thanks for listening.